Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps, a podcast for the creative entrepreneur building a business for the long haul. Today, we are actually doing something a little different than the usual scheduled programming. We have our friend Tom jumping on with us, and Tom is going to be talking to my man, Eric, today. He's going to be interviewing him and talking with him as a creator about what he is up to in the YouTube world and far beyond that because his uh, work certainly does not stop on what you see on YouTube. So... Today, Tom is going to be taking the reins. I'm going to be hanging out on the side, and we're going to both be listening to Eric as he drops some wisdom for us in today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping up to the plate, Eric Floberg. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Eric, can yeah. I ask you some questions? Yeah, let's do it. I think the world wants that. There's, you've been putting out a lot of content with with a couple YouTube channels now, with a, a, a podcast now, and I think we need to go deeper on some of these subjects. Are, are, mm. are we cool to Are we cool to jam out? Hundred percent. All right. Well, m- my name is Tom Boyd. What What, what episode? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Whose episode are you showing first? Oh, I don't even know. Oh, we haven't talked about that actually okay. i guess i yeah. don't have to inter- you can introduce me i'll just get right into the yeah. questions yeah, yeah yeah that works you can leave this in here or cut it out whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right my, my name is tom i i am uh, a designated hitter as a as a guest host today and i will be interviewing eric i don't know why i'm talking like eric's not here eric what's up <laughs> let's, what's up? let's chat going? and have what's this up? conversation uh so let's do it can you please give me the the sizzle real version of your origin story as a content creator. How did you get started? Why did you first pick up a camera? Yeah, it started in seventh grade Spanish class. Uh, El hombre telefono, uh, telephone man is the film we made. And my friend had Windows Movie Maker. And I didn't know that editing could exist on a computer like that in a home, like in, in my friend's home. And... It was just an addiction after that, like getting getting it on my parents' computer and just just going to town. Every single class project, I turned it into a video project. It wasn't assigned as a video project, but I, I turned it into a video project. And I loved making people laugh. I loved being the best presentation in the class. I, I looked forward to presenting it. I was proud of it. It all that all just kind of ramped up into high school and college and continuing to do that. Once Facebook came out, it was like, oh, I can do these fun shorts and I can share them on Facebook. People will enjoy them. Friends will comment on them. And really, it was just kind of like a a selfish endeavor at first where it's like, this is something that people really like about me. Um, And until I, I, I realized that a friend from high school asked me to film her sister's wedding for like 300 bucks, I I brought along a friend from from childhood to come along. He had a little bit more experience than me. He's now a camera op in LA, which is insane. Justin Bieber's music video and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we shot this wedding together. I fell in love with the process of doing that and then just started a business, even though I, that wasn't my plan. Uh, people kept asking me to shoot their weddings. People kept asking me to photograph you know, life events, film things for them. And so it got to the point after my college degree, uh, which was in teaching, I taught for three years right out of school, but it became too much to, to handle both at the same time. And I jumped to full-time in June of 2016. Shortly after that, um, started making YouTube content in, in 2018, kind of following 
uh, in the footsteps of my friends Daniel and Rachel at Mango Street, who I had met in Chicago prior. And it's just kind of evolved into what it is today, still doing those two things of still shooting weddings and making YouTube content. And now two more channels outside of my individual one. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, and I first have to thank you for answering like my s s questions two through eight in that whole intro. Oh, so. <laughs> it's, perfect. it's perfect. It's perfect. So you Whoops. touched on education. So you went to school. You went to school for, you invested four years of your time, a lot of money into getting a, an education in, in a different direction. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, uh, that switch? Was it, was it gradual or did you, when did you decide? And then also how is what you learned as an, as an educator, your training as a teacher, how has that impacted your career as a creative? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. And honestly, one I'm not asked very often because I think that my background in teaching is is a core foundational piece to success that I've found uh, as being an online educator or being, you know, having a YouTube channel. Um, so the funny thing is that I, I didn't pay for college. Actually, I got a full ride uh, because I signed up for Illinois special education tuition waiver. And the, the, the bar was not very high to get that full ride. You just had to promise to teach for two years in Illinois after you graduate uh, the first five years you're out. So I looked at that. My parents told me going into college, they're like, we'll pay for two thirds of your college. You pay for one third. And when I got the full ride, all I had to do is pay for room, board and books. And so they're like, that's half of college expenses. We'll just cover that. Um, and then my junior, senior year, they actually gave me in cash the difference of what that two thirds would have looked like. So I could like purchase a car um, and start like saving money. So from that perspective, like, yeah, it's that's that's different than a lot of people. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I was questioning whether, whether, what I wanted to do with college, if I even wanted to go to college, what that was going to be, what my degree would be. Special education was kind of like, yeah, I, I've done like the best buddies thing in high school. I've been in an integrated gym class. Like I love that. Um, but even back then I was like, I don't know if that's what I'll be doing forever. Um, and so I just kind of took, I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to get a full ride, I will teach for two years and I'll kind of figure it out from that point. And when I started shooting more during college and doing that whole thing and started to get paid for it, I'm like, okay, well, this could be something eventually. Um, I don't know what that, what, realized like what that could be. Uh, maybe I'll shoot weddings full time. Maybe I'll get into production. I don't know. But um, I just figured it would take 10 years to get to that point. I was like, okay, I'll teach for a decade. I'll start growing my family. Like I'm getting married. We'll have kids. It'll take me 10 years and then I can switch. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just quickly became too overwhelming to balance both. My last year of teaching, I, I taught full time. I, you know, school year is, you know, September, August to, you know, June. But I was shooting like 25 weddings that year um, and coaching basketball at the school. And we had our first kid. It was just chaos. So that, that, that's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a lot on your plate. <laughs> now, now the, your, your YouTube channel, it... it you said as at one point in one of your podcasts that your friend Rachel said, oh, no, this is what you said. You said you didn't have time, but your friend Rachel said, yeah, just yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it anyway. How yeah, important yeah. was it for you to have a friend that, that would say that? And then would, would you give a young creator similar advice if, if, if they made that, that same excuse? 
Uh, before I answer that question, I commend you for your research. That is a video that's just buried within my YouTube channel. So kudos to, to you for finding it. Um, <laughs> and that's a huge part of the story of starting my YouTube channel. Um, I think Rachel told me to do that because she's, she had enough awareness to see that I had the potential to do it. And so I have hesitancy to say that to the full gambit of whoever is listening to me. Um, I, think my, I think my perspective is more of if, if, you, if you have enough self-awareness, if you can understand and see that vision of what you could turn that into, pursue it. And uh, know, know what the goal is going to be and have enough self-awareness to realize if it's not successful analytically in the way that most people deem it to be successful, uh, know, know your purposes for doing it. So if you just want to start a YouTube channel because you want to get better at making video content, you want to get better at filmmaking and understand like the basic components of it, analytics don't really matter if that's the goal. And that's a, that's a worthy goal. Like go pursue that. Let it be a rhythm in your life that you pursue so that you have that skill set to use through a gambit of stuff. And in the process, if analytically it takes off, you get subscribers, you get views, great. But I think that lower expectation is always a good approach when you're pursuing that. That's what I had. I was like, I don't, I don't plan on making money on this. I love teaching and to, to kind of answer your question I've, that I forgot to answer in the last one is like having that background of, of, of teaching. I'm like, I, I actually am just passionate about bringing this information to more people. And YouTube is such a cool platform that I watch so much anyway. Why, why wouldn't I want to share this with other people and see them be successful in the same way I've gotten to experience success? One of the most fulfilling things in my life is seeing other people find that success in a similar path that I've already gone and experiencing them, seeing the fruits of that success in the same way I've felt. Um, and yeah, like that component of being classically trained, like as a classroom teacher, like knowing how to put a lesson plan together, knowing what the goal of the lesson plan is and the variables and independent practice and guided practice and like, you know, all, all the teaching terms, like I can apply all of that to a YouTube script. I can apply that to a workshop or an online class. And that's an invaluable skill that I probably wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, so that's a component definitely of college where I'm like, that's, that was really valuable to me personally. Um, mm -hmm. But um, to answer more of the, like, would I tell everybody that, like, just start it even if you're too busy? Not necessarily. I think I would, I would have to take it on an individual basis and go, what are your goals and what do you want out of it? And approach it in the most sustainable way you can so you don't just crash and burn and give up on it. Now, at what point after her saying that did you start taking it seriously? Was it, was it right away or was there an experiment, experimentation phase and then you were like, wait, there's, there's something here and then you started to double down? Yeah, I didn't take it very seriously at first. It was posting maybe twice a month and... I would make a bunch of dad jokes and videos and and kind of do the the gimmicky stuff with you know a, a tutorial about some camera effect and then sprinkle a bunch of dad jokes in it and the production wasn't like super high quality i wasn't as you know skilled as i am now as a filmmaker um 
but yeah, I mean, I would, I would have so like some of those videos would pop off. They get shared on a blog and then the algorithm picked them up and I'm like, I had no expectations of this getting this many views. I had no expectations of me getting this many subscribers from a video like this. I'll just, I'll just keep going and kind of just see where it, it goes. But I was, I was way more focused on like, okay, but what's paying the bills is, is wedding photography, wedding filmmaking. Like I'm just going to keep focusing on that heavy and YouTube will be this thing where like I can grow in the process, um, even though it's not paying me. And once those lines started to like cross over the past 18 months, I was just like, whoa. Uh, once, once brands started reaching out to me being like, hey, we would like to sponsor a video, um, seeing the passive income roll in from ad revenue, um, from viral videos and uh, Amazon affiliate links and all of the affiliate partnerships. That's when I was like, okay, b building this for me, it makes way more sense from a sustainable standpoint for the future um, than grinding every year and kind of hitting that ceiling of what I'm able to make uh, or uh, shooting weddings and how many I can shoot to keep like elevating how much I make. And so that's when I really started investing more time into the content creation and, and building the channel more. And, and build a channel you did, you just... Oh, just reached 100,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. Congrats. Thanks. That's a, it's not a small feat. What is something surprising that you might have learned in the, in the process of, of getting those 100,000 subscribers? Like what, uh, from that person, from the time Rachel said, hey, just do it anyways, to getting those 100,000, what is something you didn't realize that you would learn along the way? Yeah, I... Uh I really think it's, I, I didn't understand that I would learn so much about time management and what the internet can do to people. <laughs> this is not a popular answer. No, but, no, this is a, this is a great answer. <laughs> um, it can mess you up. Like it can really, really mess you up um, having a platform like that. And you, you really need to be careful. Like, you need to be careful and for your emotional, physical, and mental well-being. Uh, you need to be surrounding yourself with people who know and love you and can take care of you and like check in with you, because you can just be you could be inundated with that world. You can in a in a split second just like turn to absolute obsession over how it's performing and what's next and planning the process and losing sleep and not eating and just only caring about the performance of it all. And you lose sight of, it's very easy to just lose sight real quickly. Like, okay, what's my why? Like, why did I choose to do this in the first place? Do I still love teaching people? Like, is this just something I need to continue to, to be something that's going on in the background and I pursue something else, you know, that's my moneymaker, whatever. Um, but that process has been really, really rewarding because it has made me care way less about the numbers, like really stepping back and in the most wholesome way, because it's really easy to just say that, like anybody who crosses whatever number milestone on any social following is like, oh, but it's not about the numbers. No, really, like as a job, it is. It is about the numbers. Like, 
you're taken more seriously if you have more subscribers. You will land that job or that brand sponsorship because you have this many followers. Like, it's okay to understand that and be self-aware of that. Um, but truly what made me realize that the numbers don't matter is like how much it can wreck you if that's what you only care about. Um, and and then like it, it, the healthy thing to just is just to step away from time to time. Just be like, and and make videos like, screw it. I don't care if this video doesn't perform. Here's my heart. This is how I feel. I hope you can relate to me in some capacity. I don't want to burn out. I don't want this to affect my friendships and my family negatively because what's, what's the point of all of this if like I'm just living a life that is miserable for me, you know? And it can very quickly turn in that. You see a bit bigger creators like Casey Neistat where he's like, I nearly lost my marriage you know, because of this grind, you know, I've like, I, that kind of stuff just like, it hits me. So, um, it's really, it's a deep answer to that. Uh, what's funny is like, I, the day I hit a hundred thousand subscribers, I, the, the video I made was, I didn't want to make it anything more than it, what it was. It was just this tense buildup, me being like dramatic. And then I just went like, Ooh, and that's kind of all I felt. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, cool, like here's my party hat. I'm really stoked. And just then sincerely just being like, thank you. Thank you for getting me here and this, but like, but I'm not going to make it feel like anything more than that because I don't feel like it's really much more than that. It's, it's no more really than 95,000 subscribers I had a month prior to that or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 you mentioned a lot of, a lot of great, great ways of thinking about that the i've i've seen this or i i like to think about it in um there's a attention driven creators and then there's impact driven creators mm. and the best ones are a little bit of both <laughs> where because if you're just impact you're just making educational content you're not worried about the design or that you know where the, the context how it's edited mm -hmm. And then if you're attention driven everything is just to retain and to get more and more and more and more and mm -hmm. like that leads to burnout but if you can be a little bit of both you can go a long way and i like i want like i i applaud you guys because i think you do a really good job at, at, at marriage ma uh marrying those two worlds mm -hmm. and and a, a fun way that you do it is by making light and fun <laughs> video shorts the there there's a video that and i think it, it's how it might have been i, I might have I'm pretty sure it's the first video that I saw of you and, and maybe it's, that's a similar case for a lot of people, but mm. the every filmmaker in 2021 video, yeah. that, that's the title, right? Uh, every YouTuber in 20. Yeah. Every YouTuber. Yeah. I made two recently. They're like the same video. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the one that got, I think it was like new year's day or around new right. year's that they, 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 yeah, they yeah, got, yeah. got, got a bunch of attention. Uh, was that the first short that you made or is that something you've, you've always sort of uh, experimented with? I made one that was, it was actually like my first sponsored video. I made something similar, but it was like four or five minutes long. And it was, it was titled, um, oh man, how to make a YouTube video is what I titled it. And I was just like straight up making fun of Casey Neistat and Peter McKinnon the entire time. And I had like, and this was, this was like before it was funny to make fun of these guys. Like it, it was one of those, and it didn't blow up by any means. Uh, but I was super proud of it. And the people who did enjoy it definitely enjoyed it. You know, jumping on the boosted board, I jumped in my Pontiac vibe and was like, let me get my Tesla real quick. <laughs> like, you know, just, so 
I've, I've always loved like doing that kind of troll stuff. And, um, I recently realized like over the course of the last year, I, I hadn't really been on Twitter, um, before last year. And I started tweeting things that seemed to be resonating with people and seeing like the ones that obviously on Twitter people resonate with, they retweet. And so seeing different tweets where like where people were retweeting it a lot was kind of um, a way for me to go, okay, that, that could be a really interesting uh, video to make if I, if I turn this tweet into video form. And really it's just like a crowdsourcing form of script writing if you really think about it. Um, and so... So I made that tweet. It was a, it was like all 140 characters, like every single piece of gear I could list, you know. And then it was like, hey guys, welcome back. Uh, here's another video today. We're talking about why gear doesn't matter. And I know like the the whole gear doesn't matter thing is just like just being in the scene. Everybody knows that that's a contentious topic that everyone gets all flustered about. And so I had it in my head for at least a month or two to make that. And just one random day, I walked in and was like, Mike, can we shoot this today? He's like, yeah, I got time. So we spent like two hours shooting it. I edited it within an hour. Same deal, like we were talking before this even started, like you can, you just have this thing that is so short. It takes virtually no time to make and it's the most viewed video on my channel, like by far. Um, <laughs> so, when, so when that happened and I saw that it could do that, I was like, okay, this is definitely, like this definitely needs to be part of my creative voice moving forward because it resonates with people. It'll make people chuckle. You know, obviously it's just, it's just fun. Um, and ultimately like what I feel about those is I want those to just be like these hooks where it's like, if that was all I made on my channel, I don't think I would, I don't think I would feel very, um, fulfilled doing that. Um, just only doing that. Um, but I want it to, to be something that like brings people into the philosophy more of like my long form stuff. It's, uh, I would say it's a similar approach for um, big musicians. They'll, they'll mm -hmm. make an album and they'll be like the singles. <laughs> and, then the, and then there's the filler records. Mm -hmm. And they're your singles. They're your ones where you're like, all right, these are for the mainstream. These are the you know, top of the funnel. And then the, my real fans are going to watch these long, eight to 12 minute long videos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned too that uh, you're big into nostalgia. Yeah. And then when you, you're attracted to that kind of work, but then when you create work yourself, you, you try to figure out how I can incorporate a sense of nostalgia into this piece of work. How does one go about that? <laughs> is that just a sense? Is there a, like, what tells you this is nostalgic or this, this isn't when you're, when you're thinking of a new idea? For sure. There's some really good videos about nostalgia on YouTube. If you just type them up, there was, um, I forgot who made it. I think it was by, I forget his name, but Make Art Now. He made one about nostalgia that like really hit home. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's constantly revisiting. It's I think everyone knows that feeling of when something nostalgic hits you and you have like that warm feeling in your chest and like that experience of like, oh, and recalling that memory or that feeling or that smell or whatever it is. Um, for me, it's constantly revisiting the things of my childhood. That's that's what like really gets it going for me. Like, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, and my parents really never took me downtown. But I was obsessed with downtown. So always asking my parents, "Can we go downtown? Can we don't come on? Can like can we go see the big buildings? Like, can we go downtown? Can we go check it out?" And then like we we just never did. And one of my best friends growing up, like 
his dad was a Sox fan. He would take me to Sox games, even though I was a Cubs fan. And I was like, I don't care. As long as it gets me downtown, that's what we're going to, you know? And so that, that part of my childhood is a huge reason why, why I became a resident of Chicago and lived in a city. Um, something that really resonates with my work. Like I love, I love photographing people and portraits and doing double exposures with like stars and the moon and that kind of stuff. And my favorite film of all time is E.T. And like looking at, looking at the poster uh, of that film, like everything in that poster is everything I love with a creative portrait. Like it's backlit, it's got a lens flare, it, it has stars in it, like it's silhouetted. Like it's seeing that kind of stuff and revisiting those things from childhood is like the coolest way I can kind of drum that stuff up. Uh, that's an amazing answer. Uh, <laughs> and I think we can all relate to that. You know, for, for me, it's like the fresh cut grass in, in, in yes, fall, yes. you know, thinking about like sports and, 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 you know, school coming back. Uh, yeah. I, I think that, I think that when you said that, I was like, yeah, like, you know, the best stories, they, they create feeling. They, mm-hmm. they have, like, they, they incite an emotion and, and that nostalgic, that, that feeling of, of nostalgia, you know, it, it's something that, uh, when you see it on video, it, it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal of a, of a, of a filmmaker. Uh, now, uh, with the content, so you're creating content for your YouTube channel. You're creating content uh, for commercial projects, mm-hmm. for weddings. There's, a, there's another avenue that I feel like, and I'm curious if, if you're going to start going this direction, is more formalized education. You mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. you know, more courses or workshops. Are you going to, are you thinking about going that direction in the future? Yeah, I wanted to do it. I wanted to really start it like a year and a half ago. I've had a handful of in-person workshops um, that have been like a total success. They've been awesome. And then, you know, like obviously 2020 hits like right right during lock, like the beginning of lockdown is when I was supposed to have um, an in-person workshop in March 17th of 2020. And we flipped it to completely online. And when we did the whole thing online and everyone was still super so stoked about every, all of it, I was just like, and what, look, I, I need to just start moving this stuff to online. It's just more sustainable for me. It won't require me to do the in-person thing over and over year after year. And I know tons of people find a lot of value in just like whatever experience I have in the wedding realm and, you know, the relationships I've developed that have developed my philosophy. And so... Yeah, soon we're like Steven is part of this too, and Mike in my studio. Like we're teaming up to put together uh, two mastermind groups for both wedding photography and wedding filmmaking. Um, thinking around twenty-five people for a six-month um, stint, and um, just creating a community where I can basically teach my entire workshop over the course of six months with different um, group meetings online. And then um, we're thinking about condensing that down to. Um, an online workshop as well that uh, will be available for purchase outside of the mastermind groups too. Um, And that doesn't mean I don't want to pursue in-person workshop stuff in the future. I totally do, but I want that to be pretty infrequent and really focus on the online stuff and building that community stuff. And ultimately just focusing like less about the, the, the technical parts of like how to build the business and way more about the philosophy and the why of the process and how to make it sustainable. Um, because 
in really every creative realm, it's so easy to see so many people burn out so quickly. And I want a lot of my education to be more focused on, like, of course, I want to talk about the technical stuff, but like really get to the meat and potatoes about like, how do we make this sustainable for you? Like, are you thinking five to 10 years down the road? Let's get you your brain in that direction, you know? Yeah, no, and and a lot of the questions that came in from from the cappers, a lot of them were geared towards the direction of wedding photography and wedding filmmaking. Yeah. What what is you know with this workshop happening in the future? What is uh what is one thing that you might see a new uh, uh someone that's getting into the world of wedding production? What's one thing? One comment one thing that you, you would write you you would want them to avoid right it's something that, that there's a mishap that, that they go a certain direction yeah. uh it could be you know not planning out in the future what, what's something that you see often i'd say the biggest thing and i've i fell victim to this i think most people do is um is building a brand that is me focused like this is how i make photos this is how i make films this is my style my constant goal is to keep vetting clients to be within my narrow scope of like how i do things now as you like as you develop a style and this goes for all creative endeavors all creative businesses as you develop a style and find success within that style and your own creative voice that's going to happen naturally that clients in that that sphere will come to you and that will become your main clientele. But what, what I experienced in the process is like, I, I experienced loss. Like I, I um, one of my past clients passed away a year after her wedding. And like that whole experience of seeing that happen and knowing what I provided to her family, um, it just got rid of all of that, like the unnecessary stuff about me in the process. It made me just go like, this is way bigger than just what things I want to shoot and where I want to go and the money I want to make. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that if you empathize through your client's eyes, whoever they are, um, and tr truly try to put yourself in their head and in their shoes, and experience, even, even if you've experienced, say, for example, a wedding day, even if you've shot hundreds of them and you know, quote unquote, how they go, really getting into their head and seeing through their eyes what they're experiencing that day and how it's brand new to them and unbelievably exciting to them. How can you channel that energy and come alongside them and, and cheer them on on that day instead of going in being like, oh, they, they chose this style and oh, they're doing, they're not doing a first look, uh, you know, like that's going to screw up the schedule, but rather just be like, that's the best decision because that's the, the decision they wanted mm -hmm. to make. Um, obviously all that being within reason and like making sure that you're doing your job correctly and efficiently and all those things. But we've, we actually talked about this recently. I forgot where we did. It was on another podcast I was on. Um, Mike and I just did a commercial shoot a few months ago and we're sitting we're sitting in their production room and we're going over the script for this video and we're finalizing it. And we were like, ah, oh, it's just not hitting. It's just not hitting right. We're re reformatting, re rephrasing. And we get it to this point and I like put on my YouTube talking head voice and like I go through this 30 second script 
and I deliver it with emphasis and intentionality and I'm delivering it to two people who have been working for this business for 10, 15 years and they're, it's a part of their life. And I delivered the last line and they started crying. And it was just like, it was this moment of like, this is my experience of being in the wedding world has set me up to now be in the commercial world and connect with people on an emotional level like is what's happening here. And it's making a profound impact on their experience of working with us. Not just getting a good product, but like they're gonna walk away just being impacted by us being here, you know? Uh, you, were, you were talking about talking to the brands and you're right, the, the brands themselves, it's, they're just, they're, they're ran by people. They're ran by people that uh, they're trying to do good at the job. They're trying to impress their boss. And and when you're sitting in that meeting and, and you're thinking, all right, how can I connect with these people, these these human that are make, making decisions, it, it probably goes a long way for for your your, your client work. Uh, I have to ask you a question. You have a lot of projects going on, and there were a couple of questions from the from the cappers about time management for Eric yeah. Flaubert. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Uh, how do you, how do you manage all these product projects? Give us give us your secret. Yeah, it's not it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <that's, laughs> yeah, we're we're figuring it out. Um, yeah, I, I've. So I'm now entering, it's April of 2021, and I'm now entering a season of, okay, I'm, I'm shooting more weddings again. I have four this month, and I haven't experienced this volume of shooting, you know, since 18 months ago, and almost two years ago. And so during that time where I wasn't shooting that much, it gave me the ability, okay, now I can, I can double down on YouTube content and Patreon and starting a podcast and a brand new channel. Like, I had the time to do that. But I do feel like in that season, I've built up systems, um, especially with rally caps. Like Steven takes the production of rally caps and he does it and he does it very well. Um, but I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do a, a podcast if I had shared responsibility in that. And that's the agreement we came to when we started rally caps is like our hope for the future is that you won't be editing this all the time. But to get this off the ground, like if we want to use, you know, the platform that I've built to try to connect with people um, who have a following as well that can help us grow this. Like if you're down to do the producing, like let's make it happen. So that's one part. And the, the overall arching theme of all of this is community. Um, and so it's being in constant conversation of are you overworked? Are you managing your time well? Are you getting home by 5.30, 6 o'clock? Um, and I've been really good ab about that the past six months, just like leaving the studio at five, five fifteen, just being done with the day. Um, and then ultimately the rest of it is just like, let passion drive what I want to make and when I want to make it, um, you know, with a few sponsored videos sprinkled in there with end dates. Uh, but then if I don't, if I don't meet the quota of how many videos I'm supposed to make, like not being upset about that and just being okay with, okay, I didn't post this week. I didn't post this month. It's fine. It'll be there when I get back. Um, and that's really how we've been feeling about the financial channel we just made. It's like, we went pretty hard for a little bit. Now we're like, okay, we, we just put the brakes on. Like we can make the videos whenever we need to, like the content's good enough. We'll just in, in due time, we'll make it. Um, 
man, my, sorry, my answers are so long on this. No, but. no, it, it's, it's, it's helpful. Cause I, I, uh, with, especially with what you're doing, I think a lot of creators that start to see success have this, 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 I want to say slight problem is they get a lot more opportunities. And then yes. with the more opportunities, you start to have to say no to the right. things that you already committed to. And then you're, mm -hmm can look like to someone else that you said yes to, like an uncommitted person. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so I was just kind of curious, like, you know, uh, you know, how you go around making those decisions for the projects that, that come in. And it'll actually lead well into this next question about collaboration. You have uh, multiple channels and, and creative endeavors with creative friends. And I said the word creative a lot in that sentence, <laughs> but we're talking about like collaborating with another person. And when you're collaborating with another person, there's, you know, you got to be aligned with your visions. You got to make sure there's no, no ego involved. You got to make sure everyone's wants to go the same direction. What do you, what qualities do you look for in a collaborative partner? Because a lot of people are right now, Hey, I want to start a podcast with a friend and they might trying to be trying to figure out if that's a good decision or not. Yeah. I think, I think what, makes Steven to speak really candidly to what makes Steven and I's partnership in rally caps, um, really good is that Steven shows up and follows through with everything that he says he's going to do. Um, and his track record proves that now I'm self-aware and understanding that I'm kind of a steamroller creative of like, I have this vision and it's like, I just, try to make it happen and do make it happen. And, you know, sometimes if, if, if I had this vision of something I, I, I thought of, this is so selfish. Now I'm just like saying it out loud. It's just like, I, I am un, unafraid to, to like reroute it back to like, no, I think this is the good idea. I think we need to go this way. Um, and I think we're very candid. And when we talk and you could, Steven, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if, if I see based on like YouTube specifically, I feel like I have a good understanding of the platform now. So when, when I hear an idea from Steven, I kind of go, yes, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And then we go. And if I, if I feel like Steven's idea won't hit, I might pivot in a different direction and nicely <laughs> be like, yeah, yeah, maybe. And, but like doing that, uh, and he does it to me too. Um, Really, just an example like, of an idea he shut down. <laughs> do you have one, Stephen? Off my offhand. Offhand, no. But that is true. Like we, I, I think the foundation of why our professional relationship works so well is because we are friends first and foremost, and because yeah. that trust is established first you know that when you're going through creative ideas, a video, a podcast idea, wh whatever it is that you're working on together, you know that they have your best interests in mind first and foremost, and that yeah. you're not just an end product or an end result, that they are actually voicing their opinion, whether that's concern and redirection or affirmation and just full steam ahead, wherever that lands on that kind of spectrum, you know that you, they're in your corner and that they're looking out for you and for whatever it is that you're working on together. And I think there, there's a specific example that I thought of. So 
rally caps has been a lot of me. Like this is something I'm actually working on. I'm working on it with Mike as well, who I have the finance channel with. We do commercial work together. He's told me, and, and this is what Steven's talking to is like, we have times, like we had a guy's night last night where we just saw the, our studio, the four of us hung out and just opened up about life and like what's, what's hard for us now, what we need to work on uh, on a relational level. Um, because we have for the past year been kind of pushing a lot of that aside and just been like work, 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 work. And, um, and the wise words of Rihanna. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> can we name um, the episode yeah. that <laughs> yeah please <laughs> um, back, back to the, the serious topic it, like um, like really just being vulnerable and open about that stuff is, is super important and with rally caps I've like I just trust Steven like even if I look at his decisions of what he's making on a thumbnail or a title or those things like he might make a title or a thumbnail and I go that won't do as well as what we're capable of. But I don't voice that because at the end of the day, I just don't think it's necessary and that's going to be worked out as we continue to grow. And it's more of just me going like, we're going to learn it together. Like, I don't always need to be like, ah, change that. It's not, it's not as good as it could be because that's just like, that's just expecting more of him than he, than that needs to be expected. Like, He's already busting his butt doing this stuff. Like, there, there's no need for me to do, like, say something trivial to be like, oh, it could be, you know. Um, one specific one I can think of, Stephen, when you did um, Sam Elkin's uh, short thumbnail, where you said college yeah. or nah, and you had it like a guy yeah. skateboarding, and you're like, I'm pumped, I'm pumped on this thumbnail. And I was like, it is, it's a great thumbnail. And in my head, I'm going, I don't think many people are going to yeah. click on it. But that was one of those moments where I just go, it doesn't matter. Like it just and and yeah. when you know you're working with someone as capable as as, as Steven as as and someone that wants the podcast to win and and this whole project to win so much he he's gonna learn as he goes like yep. like like you're got like and likewise for you Steven there's probably it's times where you're like oh, it doesn't make sense for me to speak up here but like mm -hmm. we all have the same um, the, the same vision in mind, the same end goal. Yep. And, and uh, I think that's so important. A lot of people get into these creative relationships and don't think about what's this going to look like in a year? What's this going to look mm -hmm. like in five years? And then in a year, they got to like, oh, like I, we realized that that person wanted to do, um, you know, uh, yarn knitting or, or yeah. <laughs> underwater basket weaving. A, a niche. Uh, that, that's a uh, listen. I, I've been interviewing you guys for a couple hours now. My brain's going. <laughs> that was not a good example. I, I don't even want you to cut this out because listen, we're all about yeah. showing the showing the the, the the raw stuff. See, so that's the truth, though, Tom. Like that's what I that's what I think has has given me the most success in this is like. If you can prove yourself to be vulnerable in saying the uncomfortable thing I just said of openly, like we didn't need to have this conversation, Stephen, right? About that one dumb thumbnail, but that's just one example that I wanted to give. Where like I'm confident enough in our mm -hmm. relationship, Stephen, that I could say something like that in a public yeah. forum, and you're just like, yeah, I know, I know you still love me and you care yeah. about me, and that doesn't matter, like yeah. whatever, you know. And it again, like that learning process of what you said, Tom, is like the, it's the long term. Our vision of this thing is so much more than one dumb thumbnail and one stupid decision where like 
those little nitpicky things could be something that like put a wedge in your relationship, mm -hmm. which is like what Mike and I have had to really work through because Steven's way more agreeable as a personality than Mike is because <laughs> Mike and I just like it's just bare knuckle boxing the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, switching gears a little bit here. Uh, from the outside looking in, it seems to me that you have the business side of the creative entrepreneur thing on lock. You have a finance channel. You've worked with clients with over like five years now, many different projects where people are paying you money to do something. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give a creator who has imposter syndrome when it comes to getting bigger projects and pricing what they're worth? Hmm. Yeah, age-old question. I, I ruffle feathers whenever I talk about this because the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm a huge advocate of working for cheap or free to build a portfolio. Um, and I have no shame in saying that. And people get mad at me for saying it, but I don't care. <laughs> um, because the truth is, like, if, you, if you're good enough at what you do, you're not going to keep working for free or cheap. You're going you're gonna to get opportunities where the money will start rolling in. The competition of your clientele will outprice your old prices and that will continue to just happen. Um, but you have to be the advocate of change because they're not just going to come to you and be like, I know your rate was a thousand. Can you do 2000? Like, of course, no brand's going to be like, I want to <laughs> pay more for your services. You have to recognize like what I always teach is like when you feel like you are overworked or there's just too much going on and you're like stressed about the amount of inquiries that are coming in, that is a really good time to consider raising those prices so that you can naturally mm. niche down your clientele and work less and make more. And all of that has to do with self-awareness. You have to recognize like if you aren't getting that many inquiries, if you aren't having competition of clientele, you need to do an audit of your business and who you are as a creator. And that's where I think the only time comparison is important. Uh, comparison can be a very dangerous thing in the creative world because you can, you can just drive yourself nuts. Um, seeing other people and seeing that they're better than you and you know all that stuff that truly doesn't matter. But having a self-aware understanding of where you line up in comparison to someone else based on their pricing is a very important component of figuring out how you can price yourself. And so I think, again, doing that in community is what's so helpful. Like you try doing that by yourself, you might get wrecked comparing yourself. You do that along someone else or it's like, what are you charging? How does that work? That's why I think people are so gravitate so much to videos I talk about where I reveal my finances and I'm like, this is how much I make. This is, I do this. And because I am inclined to watch those like Graham Stephan and Andre Jick and those finance people, like when they actually are transparent and share that stuff, that gives me the motivation and like the, um, it gives me the gumption to like actually raise my prices and be like, no, I, I, I am worth that. Like, and then seeing like, yeah, my work is on par with that person. That makes sense. But I'm never going to be like, but they charge $2,000 more than me. What the, you know, I'm going to be like, great. They charge 2000 Okay. So I can be, okay. So maybe I'll meet in the middle ground and I'll charge a thousand more. Okay, cool. We'll roll with that for a while. People are saying, yes, awesome. Okay. That's my new rate, you know, and you, you slowly develop this confidence. It's not something that happens overnight. 
it's been a, a grind of 10 years for me every single year, just next rung, next rung, just, okay, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, self-awareness, check around, talk to people, be transparent myself. Yes, this is what I charge. What do you charge? Well, you know, um, it's, the, it's, to, it's similar to what, you know, workplace environments people talk about as toxic with like the boss being like nobody's allowed to share their salary with each other. And a lot of times that's happening because like they just don't really want them to figure out what each other's making because it's like, no, that person's okay with making that much even though they're worth this. And you're like, but if you're talking to each other, you can actually you can actually make steps up for yourself. And that's what's so cool about the entrepreneur world. It's like we can be in community with each other to talk about those things, to help boister each other up so that we are uh, able to charge what we're worth um, in due time. Now, you mentioned community being uh, kind of a cornerstone in, in uh, approaching your career as a, as a creator, as a creative. Uh, and in your pricing, being able to have like a team of people that you can say, hey, what, what are you charging with? How would someone go about building a community that it doesn't have a community right now? Like what, what would be the first step for, for is, it, is it creating content? Is it, is it going to like, like the local grocery store and just asking people if they, <laughs> they, they take pictures? You know, mm -hmm. what, what, what would you suggest to a young creator? Um, it's any of those things, you know, like it's trial and error. It's, it's action as opposed to inaction, right? Like nothing will happen if you don't try anything in the same way any creative endeavor works. Like take the same principle of you just started photographing things, now you're sharing them with the world. So try to find community in that same way. Start taking shots in the dark, cold DMs, a voice memo, video sent through a DM, um, tagging someone, like any kind of lead that you can, you can get is a, is a step in the right direction. And that whole idea of um, solving other people's problems too, that's the whole going back to like working for free, working for nothing, working for experience. Like if you can, if you can look up to someone and say, I wanna be at that place or I wanna be in community with that person, I wanna like, I wanna be in that person's corner and I want them to be in mine. You go to that person and say, how can I come alongside what you're doing right now? And how can we then help each other? because it's really difficult for someone who's already established to, to say yes to someone who's, who's only just you know, seeking out a something that's going to benefit them with how busy that you know, they are. Um, and so, yeah, that could mean that you shadow or you assist or you just do these things. You take BTS footage, photos, you show up, like you, you come to the open co-working day, you see the co-working studio that exists, you make the, the co-working studio that doesn't exist. You know, I just said it in my recent YouTube video. Yeah. Or you reach out to the rally cappers <laughs> yep. and you say, and you say, Hey, Steven, let me edit the podcast for free. I'll take it off no. your hands. <laughs> no. Stop. Be a great way for someone to get like if they want to become your guys' friends. <laughs> hey guys, it's out there. It's out there. I, I, I they didn't say it. I did it. I, wow. I said it. If we start getting DMs like that, Dude. Tom, you're getting a gift basket. <laughs> all right, all right. I like uh, Trader Joe's chocolate. I like almond butter. <laughs> and what else do I like? <laughs> I like coffee. There you go. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for some batting practice? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So 
forgive me, I didn't get too creative. They're the quite similar to Steven's questions, and I thought okay. it'd be fun. You could kind of have them to, you know, it's the same. It's the same For pitches sure. being thrown at you. Uh, and I'm gonna do them. All right, let's let's do it. You you ready? You got your batting yeah. glove. You got the, your pine tar. <laughs> yep. Little Nomar Garcia Parra. Just like. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I'm. Who's the pitcher for the Cubs? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> John Lester. <laughs> so let's go. What is your favorite lens for wedding photography? Uh, Thirty-five mil. Donuts, glazed, powdered, or jelly-filled? Glazed. If you could delegate delegate one part of your business to someone, what would it be? It's editing. YouTube, YouTube video editing. There's another opportunity, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What what YouTuber have you never met, but you watched them so much that you feel like you're already friends? That that Stephen didn't say. It's, it's Casey Neistat, or I, I feel like Graham Stefan would be another one for sure. Okay, I'm going to give you a different question then. Yep. Who's a YouTuber that you watch that most people would be surprised to know that you watched? If there is is the one. Um, Trey Trades covering AMC stock. Trey Trades. Trey Trades. If you could have one character trait from Steven, what would it be? Kindness. Mm. If someone were to brag about you, what would they say? <laughs> I, I hate this question too. <laughs> um, I'm already, I'm already, uh, I, I have... I have three boxes of mugs in there that have my name on it. Like, I'm the narcissist of narcissists. So... I don't know. Well, the I, thing is, that this question actually shows so much about your character, like when being asked it. And I think you guys both did a great job <laughs> answering it. Yeah, that's that's what I'll. Yeah, I'll say that that people know that I have three boxes of mugs with my name and logo on it. Um, what's what's a one sentence piece of advice that you would give yourself five years ago? Find a five to ten year plan. And start pursuing it. Mm. Now, again, this is Rally Caps. We all know what that means. Someone's off the plate, a fellow creator, and they're they, they need some they, they need some vocal assistance from the sidelines. All right. Mm. What what chant would you put together to 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 um, get this rally going for that creator? Um. Steven, cut this dead space. Cut yeah, this out yeah. in post. No, yeah. no, no, no. Slow it out. <laughs> some cinematic music behind it. <laughs> um, it's like so much of me, because I run as well, so much of me wants to like um, correlate it to running instead of baseball, because baseball is just so fast-paced. That's the one thing that I don't think connects with all of our analogies. Is like It's a long, drawn-out game, so that, that's helpful. But the way I look at business is so like, it's, it's the long haul. So I, I say like, in this analogy, we're down five runs in the first. And what I'm gonna say is the game is definitely not over. Yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. 
I appreciate you, man. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for letting so me fun, be man. a designated hitter on in in this in this first inning of the game. And uh, no, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think the message for creators and creative minds. I think it's I think it's so important just to have uh, impact driven and uh, creators like you guys out there uh, just just helping people one by one as, as they try to put their ideas into the world. So thank you for letting me let me ask you some questions. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my really long, drawn-out answers. It's like it gives me an, a, a, the ability to just like get everything from my brain out of my mouth. <laughs> it's just like a it's like a therapy session with a new friend. Like, let's, it, <laughs> I meant to say that like five different times. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it really was a lot of fun, guys. I, I, I'm glad that you guys uh, picked up on the 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 idea and, and we're down to do it. Seriously, man. Thanks for carving out the time thanks to do so this much, with man. us. Can't Appreciate thank you it. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else we we want to cover? Is there anything top of mind? Are we we good? I don't think so. Yeah, I think we're good. Can you think of anything, Stephen? That was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. So no, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell Danny that. <laughs> hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us on that episode of Rally Caps, and huge shout out to our friend Tom as well for hosting and interviewing with us. Uh, if you can check him out on Instagram at BoiderCam, B-O-Y-D-E-R-C-A-M. He is the man. He's a great friend of ours, and we had an absolute blast chatting with him today. If you're interested in checking out more Rally Caps content, you can check out the description below or the show notes, depending on whether you're in YouTube or in Spotify or Apple Music. And if you're interested, we actually just recently launched a Rally Caps Patreon as well, which will also be linked below. We're so happy to have you as a part of the team, and we will catch you in the next episode of Rally Caps. Rally Caps.